Hey guys, Gary Parrish here. Hope you enjoyed the bracket breakdown that Matt Norlander and I gave you late Sunday, early Monday. And now I want you to check this out. Our friends and colleagues, Jamie Erdogan, Reed Forgrave, they went out to Vegas for Selection Sunday and provided their reactions to the NCAA tournament bracket being released. So check out this special podcast presented by Old Navy and Norlander and I. We're going to be back with another Ion College basketball podcast on Tuesday, we promise. Shouts to Devin Downey. Here are Reed and Jamie. Welcome inside this special edition of an Inside College Basketball Podcast brought to you by Old Navy. I know this is not the voice you're used to hearing. I am Jamie Erdahl, joined by Reed Forgrave. CBSSports.com college basketball writer. Mm-hmm. I I will uh, be sideline reporting from the Nashville site of the NCAA tournament. Now, Gary Parish and Matt Norlander, I know, are your fan favorites. Uh, but let's just say it's Bracket Sunday, and just like Reed, they have some other things to be doing today. This is Selection Sunday is it's like Christmas in March, right? We we got our present. They yes. revealed our presence, and now we get to play oh with them gosh. over the next few days. I called uh, a women's pump. game yesterday from Conference USA, and I actually said that it is Christmas in March. You just took the words right out of my I, I apologize for, for thieving. No, no, I love it. I, I meant to give you credit. That just means that we're on the same page. Speaking of being on the same page, let's jump right into this. I want to talk a little bit about why we're in Las Vegas, how we got here, essentially, which is we both came off two different conference tournaments. Um, but just in general, uh, of course, the conference tournaments play a major role in how the bracket has played out. So when you look at championship week before we even look at how the bracket uh, came to be. What really jumped out to you in terms of potentially a team that lost out early, potentially a team that won that automatic bid? Uh, what jumped out to you? That, that A-10 tournament was fascinating. The fact that Davidson was a bid thief and they stole a bid from Baylor. Baylor is the first team out. They're the 69th team, if you will. Mm-hmm. And uh, Davidson winning that championship because they were not going to get in that large. Uh, but they're the, they are that type of team. I don't think they're just one of those teams that sneaks into the tournament. The way that they shoot the ball and the rate at which they shoot the ball, like they shoot a ton of threes and they shoot them at a really good rate. I believe that's a dangerous team. It was so uh, amazing to watch that game because as people started to have the realization of the fact that Davidson, if they win this, uh, that means since Rhode Island was going to go regardless, who were they stealing the bid from? But really, Rhode Island was playing for a win so Dan Hurley could get his brother into the NCAA tournament. So I, I can only imagine the scene in Bobby Hurley's living range room. range of emotions. At least he didn't have to root against his brother, right? Like yeah. that, that would have been much worse. But uh, it is, you know... A lot of these teams, like if Baylor had gone on a run in the Big 12 tournament, clearly they would have made the field. USC made a run all the way to the title game here in Vegas, which I was at the Pac-12 mm-hmm. title game last night. Still didn't get in the tournament, so they had to get an auto bid mm-hmm. uh, in order to get in there. So the, the conference tournament, uh, there was a lot of drama. I was at SEC mm-hmm. in St. Louis and then came, flew in here yesterday on Saturday for the Pac-12 final. And SEC tournament was great. Uh Colin Sexton was a monster. Kentucky is putting things together. I thought that was a really fun tournament. Always scary when a Kentucky team is putting things together in March. I was in Frisco, Texas. Uh, Interesting setup for Conference USA. They put courts down on the Cowboys practice facility. What? Did they really? Yeah, they really did. Had an AAU-type feel to it. How was it? Was it cool? It was. I appreciated it. You know, it's 50 yards apart between courts, so really the errant noise was not. I know people were worried about hearing whistles and bands and whatnot, but you really couldn't. And and I think it helped the attendance, too. So it was a cool feel. Um, Middle Tennessee lost early. That was the big thing there. I was worried about them. If they had made it to the championship game in CUSA and lost, I think they would have been in. But to have lost in the quarterfinals, tough. You kind of are out of sight, out of mind. It's a a bad loss, too. You lost to Southern Miss, is that right? They did. They lost to Southern Miss. Not a good loss, and it's too bad. I, I I, that Middle Tennessee team, if you'd asked me in the middle of February, mm-hmm. I would have said, watch out for these guys. And they had two wins in the opening round of the NCAA tournament the past two years, so they had obviously handled themselves well in one that One of them being stage. like one of the craziest. State, one, that, yes, was, that was insane. That was, crazy. that was probably one of the biggest upsets in NCAA tournament history. All right, so we've already gone off topic, so let's yeah, jump right into the bracket. Plan for lots of it over yep. the next 15 oh, minutes. Oh, gosh. Uh, all right, surprise teams out uh, are... are uh, Adam Azer, who just is the podcaster extraordinaire at CBS Sports, is probably going to be emailing me like, you completely went off script, and that's just okay. Also, 
we are lo- we are um, on the Las Vegas Strip. That is an airplane bringing all that, the joyous, that is an airplane bringing all the joyous people in and out of Las Vegas. So you're going to hear one or two of those. Perhaps we'll get it accosted by a drunk or two. You never you know. You never in Las know. Vegas. All right, surprise teams out. Um, kind of hot topicy things when it comes to the surprise teams out. Uh, the one I feel like jumped out to me uh, in particular was USC and Notre Dame. Um, yeah. What about you? Uh, to me, I, I would circle USC. Uh, mm-hmm. Notre Dame had some bad losses. Okay. And I know you can say they didn't have Bonzi Colson for almost two months. Yeah. And they're a different team with Bonzi Colson. Well, at least two of those bad losses were with Bonzi Colson. So I think, I, th- I guarantee that was something that came up yep. in the committee room. Uh, Notre Dame was a, uh, to me, USC was the most surprising one. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, what it comes down to, and I get it, they didn't have those great wins. Uh, I think their two best wins of the whole season were New Mexico State, which is, by the way, a really good win. Mm-hmm. Uh, not really good win, but it's a good win. And Middle Tennessee. So you got to beat good teams. And the problem is in the Pac-12 this year, uh, at least based on RPI numbers, mm-hmm. there just weren't that many opportunities. I was going to say it probably more speaks to the strength of the Pac-12 yeah. than anything else. Um, plus- and, and, and they say in the committee room that mm-hmm. they don't pay attention to who wins the conference and stuff, but they do pay attention to RPI. And when you have a weak conference, you just – don't get that many good wins. Right. Surprise teams out. Okay, we got those covered. Surprise teams in. Attachment to that whole Notre Dame-USC conversation is, of course, Syracuse. Let's what just in throw, the hell? Let's just throw the orange out there and, and just throw a big question mark because I guarantee you even the fiercest of Syracuse fans would probably shake their head a little bit. Yeah, I'm shaking one. my head right now. You can't yeah. see me because it's a podcast, but I'm shaking my head. <laughs> that one is that. That's just a bizarre one. I I don't. Especially I because see any Notre Dame beat Syracuse I'm, without Bonzi Colson. Yeah, right. I, and, and I I get that Syracuse had a few good wins. They also had 13 losses. Mm-hmm. Uh, those should count for something. They were ranked in the 50s in Ken Palm. The the committee said that this year they're going to use more measurements, not just RPI. And I think they did. And I got to be honest. Like when I look at this bracket, I see a, a very well seeded bracket. I agree with. I think some of the pairings are a little bit unfair. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Virginia. Um, <laughs> we'll get there. Yeah, but, but yeah, Syracuse is the one that I thought was, I was absolutely stumped by. Uh, yeah, they, I, I don't think they belong in, period. I think there are four or five teams that belong in before I would say Syracuse. All right, in. so that's the obvious surprise. You got an, another one that jumped out at you? That's the obvious one. Uh, Baylor's another one, but it's also like, I get it. St. Mary's is, is one that I think a lot of people will, will talk about. They mm. were 28 and 5. Uh, they surprise had... teams in though. Oh, surprise teams in? Yes. Oh, come on. We moved up. Sorry. We went past yeah, the outs. I, I can't keep up with But you, I know dude. you're a little, Wait. I know you were heartbroken over those. Yeah. I didn't give you enough time. Look, Arizona State was another, uh, interesting one to me. Yeah. Uh, I, I thought they were kind of a coin flip. Maybe yeah. they were in, maybe they were not. Uh, the, the, the one other one that I'd bring up and, I'm shocked, shocked that they are in the actual tournament, not mm-hmm. in the play-in games. Mm-hmm. That's Oklahoma. Uh, I thought Oklahoma yes. was the perfect Dayton team, and it would have been. I know they say they don't pay attention to ratings, but that would have been the perfect ratings for the first four. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fact right. that they're a ten seed was that was definitely surprising to they, me. It's like they were in that range. You kind of could have easily made the yeah. argument, just shift them to another. Absolutely, order, absolutely. Order. And a lot of people have said Oklahoma State deserved to be in over yes. Oklahoma. Yes. Um, Oklahoma hasn't won a home game since December. I'm sorry, hasn't won a road game since December. Wow. Uh, and they've, you know, really, really struggled the past month and a half. But I, I'm, I know this isn't what it should be, mm-hmm. but I'm excited to see them in the tournament. Trey Young, mm-hmm. he's, he's one of just a handful of guys who has a possibility to just absolutely go off and dominate, uh, you know, the first weekend of the tournament. Exactly. Well, uh, they will be in Pittsburgh, which we will get to. My hometown, by the yes, way. Yes. Uh, and I don't have a lot of people from my hometown of Minneapolis in the, uh, in the tournament, but, uh, <laughs> Poor gophers. yeah, we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll move along from that one. All right. So sticking with teams that are in, but not so much of a surprise, let's jump right in and break down the bracket. It as a whole, uh, we'll start in the South Region. Uh, and this teams. will be the top left quadrant. Top left quadrant. I, I, I like to think of it yes, that way. Yes, yeah, Sorry, top no, left quadrant okay. teams ending up in Atlanta that second weekend. Keep that in mind. But you've got uh, teams coming out of four cities uh, in this South Region: Charlotte, Boise, Dallas, and of course the teams that I will have in Nashville. So um, I guess let's just uh, go into potential first round upsets. So keep in mind, you of course you've got uh, the one seed coming out of the South is is Virginia. Um, which I know you have some passionate thoughts on their Very replacement passionate. here. So passionate. I feel bad for Virginia. Yeah. Uh, 
Although I, I have them in my final four. I, okay. I think. You feel yeah, bad for them. I feel so bad for them in the final four. <laughs> um, I just think they have a, a really crap draw. As far as potential upsets yes. in there, uh, I have one circled in red ink. Okay. Oh, even though I don't have red. a red, red pen, which sure. is strange how I was able to do that. Uh, Loyola Chicago over Miami. Miami is a super talented team. They're also a super inconsistent team. And Interesting. Loyola, what Porter Moser's done there, it's pretty incredible. Uh, this is their first NCAA tournament appearance since 1985. Mm-hmm. They're, they're a school that has this awesome story of, of, of when they won, they won the title in 1963. Mm-hmm. Our parents know this. We, we probably don't. Uh, but there was this great story of that team representing racial equality. We always think about that UTEP team. But before them, you had this Loyola team that started four black players. So I think there's a good storyline to it. Mm-hmm. I think they just have a they're, – they're just a really solid, balanced team with a great defense and have one of the best names in college basketball, their junior point guard, Clayton Custer. Mm-hmm. Like, please, have <laughs> please Clayton Custer have a great first weekend. That's Custer, what I want to yes, see. Yes, get to Atlanta. I want to say um, that game – like. That name like a hundred more times over the next week. Totally, I, I'm uh, looking forward to the Creighton Kansas State matchup. Uh, Kansas State obviously getting in, uh, coming out of the Big 12, 20 and nine, uh, first time in a while, I think, uh, that they've been in the NCAA tournament. Oh, and then Creighton's an interesting one. Yeah, I think Creighton. I think uh, look, I think Virginia is so solid, right? Mm-hmm. I, 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 right, they're I think, in that buzzsaw. Yeah, but yeah, they're a really challenge tough. for for Virginia but on that second day Creighton, of the first round. Creighton with a great backcourt, yeah. uh, Kyrie Thomas, an awesome defender, just an all around player, mm-hmm. and Marcus Foster. He's the type of guy who could go off, you know, probably not against Virginia, but could go off for thirty points. Yeah, um, a, a guy who runs hot and cold. Mm-hmm. Uh, Greg McDermott, awesome offensive coach. I this is. One of the re- one of the many reasons why I think Virginia got a really crap draw yeah. <laughs> in this South bracket because I think Creighton as an eight seed is is one of the more uh, dangerous eight seeds out there. K State, I'm mistaken, they were in it last year, so they were yeah. looking for their first consecutive since thirteen fourteen. Uh, I will say again, I, I hate doing this, but I will be in Nashville. I'll say it for the seventh time already. Georgia State You're back in the to go tournament. To oh yes, Georgia you have a great State story back about in this. the tournament. Jamie Erdahl's first NCAA tournament game. Uh, was I was standing in the corner. I will never forget this in Jacksonville. <laughs> and I'm standing. And you know when you're the reporter at the end of a, of a great game, I don't, you kind of have to hedge your bets. Which more a football problem, but basketball, you got which bench do you need to be near? Who's going to win? So Baylor's up. Uh, Ron Hunter. It, it was a great call. Steve Lapis says brings it up. What are you doing? Drive the ball. They were down by two. It was, like, it was the winner of the tie. Yep. What are you doing? Drive the ball. What, what are you doing? Great. RJ Hunter walks it up pretty much, passes off the top of the key. Guy just hands it back to him. Boom, from the top of the key. Dad falls off the stool, cracks the cast with a torn Achilles. Tremendous start to my NCAA tournament career. And you, the first NCAA tournament post-game interview was was Ron Ron RJ Hunter. That's Ron beautiful. Era. I mean, it was. You'll never forget that. That's was, incredible. It was an addict. Yeah, I was a, a total addict. So, so yeah, Georgia so you're State. You're going to pick him? 15 seed over not Cincinnati? Not over Cincinnati. No, 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 no I can't uh, do I it. Agree. But great to see them again. Yeah, um, that'll be cool. All right. Staying in the South region, though, potential storyline to watch. We kind of covered that a little bit. Uh, anything else, though, you want to The, the jump Virginia storyline, I think, yeah. is really interesting because as the number one overall seed, in theory, you're supposed to get the easiest path to the Final Four. Mm-hmm. And I think they have the hardest path. Uh, they are, like, you never know how these things are going to play out. Yes. But in theory, Virginia could have to play Creighton, mm-hmm. uh, which I think is a tough eight seed. Yep. And then in the Sweet 16, either Kentucky or Arizona, two teams yeah. ranked in the top five. People in are the hot preseason. on Arizona getting to the final four. I are saw you? Arizona last night in the Pac-12 title yep. game, and it was like, my goodness, like when they are, when they are on, they are awesome. Nobody can stop DeAndre Aiden. I think Virginia is such yeah. a good defensive team, but how, how are you going to stop Aiden? He can just, Go up and get basketballs yeah. and throw them in the You're basket. Right. So I think that's brutal. And then their elite, elite eight game potentially mm-hmm. is against sort of their mirror image in Cincinnati. Yeah, uh, I know they play slightly different styles, but number one in offensive or defensive efficiency is Virginia. Number two in defensive efficiency nationally is Cincinnati. I mean, that game yeah. is going to be like 42 to 40. <laughs> it's going to be just a brutal watch. Yes. But I, I, I feel, I do feel there's like some unfairness to mm-hmm. Virginia's draw. Uh, as the number one overall seed. But uh, in terms of a prediction coming out of the South, of course, up, upper left on your bracket once more, they'll be in Atlanta. Coming out of Atlanta, you think it will be Virginia still, despite the tough I think so. I, I mean, I have, I have all sorts of reservations in this bracket, more than more than just about any other region. Mm-hmm. I got some reservations there. Kentucky looks really good. Yep. They, I, I, my, my thing with Kentucky is I think they have a bunch of dudes, but they don't have that dude. And I might mm. be mistaken there because – 
Dude, dude, they might have three dudes who can be that dude on any given night. Yes. Gilgis Alexander's been incredible. Kevin Knox can go out and score 25 any mm-hmm. night. And when Wenyan Gabriel goes seven for seven and, you know, from three point land, that's, uh, I mean, that's tough to beat when you got a near seven footer hitting threes like that. So, I love this, uh, I love this nugget too about Virginia in terms of, and this plays into the NCAA tournament. Tony Bennett started the same five guys for 28 games. And it's only like the one of a couple programs to do that in D1 this year. Talk about consistency coming in. This whole team, this whole program is so consistent. And that speaks, and you know what, that plays into good defense. Absolutely. Offense is offense, but if you can play like that together, that makes them tough. Tony Bennett's going to be an NBA coach at some point. And (laughs) I do, part of me does hope that, I don't necessarily root for teams or players. I root for good storylines. Yep. But like, it would be, I'm sick of the Tony Bennett's such a great coach, but he doesn't do well in March. Hmm. Like, you hear that about so many coaches. What does he have to do Until to prove that do, wrong, though? I think he's got to make a Final Four or yeah, one overall seat, yeah. uh, period, right? Same thing with Sean Miller. So you got two coaches yes. there in that same region who have this uh, Something to prove. bugaboo about them. Yeah. Is bugaboo is the right totally, word there? Totally Definitely fits, the right word, fits. dude. Um, dudes. So uh, Virginia, is a chal- they are challenged on their way to the Final Four. Uh, who's your dark horse team? If someone is going to uh, upset them, is it going to be someone coming out of that upper part of the upper left-hand corner? Like, do you see... Kentucky, Kentucky or Arizona, or Arizona Wh- yeah. whichever team makes it to the Sweet 16 is going to be maybe Virginia's toughest game of the That's season. That's a big plane. That is a big plane <laughs> right above us. Right above us. Thank you. I think it's a FedEx plane. Welcome to Vegas. Thanks, FedEx. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's a – I mean, the thing is, look, like, I get Virginia's been consistent all year long. Two losses. They they just – their defense travels, right? Mm-hmm. But when you're going against Arizona and Kentucky – two of the most NBA-talented teams in the country, yep. when Arizona and Kentucky are playing their best, and they have not always played their best this mm-hmm. year, you can say the same thing about Duke, uh, who's probably the one team that's more talented than both those guys. Mm-hmm. But they're just they're hard to beat. I think Virginia, I believe because of the coaching, because of the cohesion, and because of that defense, that they will be able to mess with those younger players. Mm-hmm. But it's a tough draw no matter what. Definitely. All right, moving on. We're, we're moving on from Atlanta. We are heading west to Los Angeles, bottom left of your bracket in uh, read four grave language. This is the uh, <laughs> special edition of the Ion College Basketball Podcast presented by Old Navy. We are Jamie Erdahl and read four grave here in Las Vegas because why not? And why not? Um, that's right. We are actually sporting some super comfortable Old Navy jeans right now. Just I, I, I'm the, the flex, the flexi. The flex. Oh, you're right. Uh, yeah, the look, flex like you can, I can actually pull my jeans. They're, well, good. I was worried. I about love that. flexi jeans. They're All right, important. to the west. Uh, coming, uh, arriving in Los Angeles, coming out of once again Nashville, Boise, Wichita, and Charlotte. Uh, the one seed in this region would be Xavier. Your number two is North Carolina. Working your way down, you have an Ohio State, Florida State, Houston, um, Michigan. Not in any particular order. So. Um, Let's just jump right in. Potential first round upset. Look, five uh, twelve games are always the the ones. Wait, are you going to say what about. I think you're going to say? Oh, I'm going to talk about South Dakota State. I love the fact that you're going to talk about South why, Dakota why State. You're the first person who's ever been so excited about South Dakota State. Who's not from ha- South Dakota State? Uh, well, I am from Minnesota, well, so I mean, enough. we're neighbors. Close you know, enough. we're buddy buddy. Uh, fantastic team. Had them yes. um, uh, I, last year. Were they in? Was it? They, they were, were last yeah, year. They yeah, had them last year in Salt Lake City, and just. Fantastic. Look, TJ Otzelberger, great coach. I think he's on his way to big things. Uh, they're number one in the country in turnover percentage. Like, mm. they do not turn the ball over. And I think that's important come March when you can get, you can get a little nervous going into these games. Yes. And most importantly, like, to me, when you're looking at these first round upsets, you want one star player who can put a team on his back. Junior big man, Mike Dom, can do that. Uh, he shoots. 43% from three. He's an incredible rebounder. He's like 6'9". Yeah. But he doesn't... He plays both he's bigger r- than he's that. A, he's rangy. He's rangy. Very yeah. rangy. And this team can really hit threes. They're 27 in the country. Mm-hmm. Three-point percentage. So I'm you know, getting out my big red pan. Yes. That that five twelve game. South Dakota State. And look, I this, this Ohio State team has been one of the better college stories in college basketball this mm-hmm. season. What Chris Holtman has done there for a team that was... Considered in, in a total rebuild, and he's got I them to a five seed. That that's who they have to face. Like yeah. you, I'd rather yeah. see them both playing in the weekend. They've over they've overachieved, right? Ohio State has overachieved big yes. time, and maybe, I guess it depends how you look at it. You could look at an overachieving team and be like they're well coached, they're together. Mm-hmm. That's the type of team that is not prone to an upset. I would say they're an overachieving team because they don't have nearly as much talent as they should have c- compared to their record. So I. If I'm Ohio State, I'm not particularly thrilled getting South Dakota State there. Uh, 
yes, I completely agree. Gonzaga, um, I know St. Maybe the St. Mary's didn't get in. That was one of those upsets. So Gonzaga coming out of the West, um, comfortable, obviously in the NCAA tournament. I, I see them moving well beyond, um, Boise, I think, um, moving past, uh, what's interesting is I, if I, if I read it, if I remember this correctly, they actually played South Dakota State last year. I'll have to, I'll have to look that up, but in the incident, they were in the same region in Salt yeah. Lake City last year. Um, anything else really jump out to look, you here? There, I think there's a really interesting potential storyline there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's that with Gonzaga and UNC, they could potentially wait. Uh, they, they, they could potentially meet up in the Elite Eight. Yes. Uh, just a rematch from last year's national title game. Yep. I actually, when I filled up my bracket immediately after they were announced and I said, <laughs> I think, I think that could be a, uh, I think that could happen. I think that could be a great storyline. Mm-hmm. Gonzaga is a really interesting team this year because they're, I think their front court is better this year than they were a year ago. And that was, you know, they had a lottery pick in Zach Collins and a mountain of a man in Shemek Karnowski. But I think with, Jonathan Williams, Killian Tilly, Rui Hachimura, mm-hmm. uh, that's a tough, tough front court. Um, can I, can I tell you all about what I want to happen in this bracket? Talk to me, Goose. For my, excellent Top Gun reference, uh, for my Missouri Tigers to upset Xavier, and I nice. think it can happen despite the fact that their number two scorer decided to get a DUI right before the NCAA tournament started. That's a tough break Good for job, the bro. Tigers, yeah. Thanks, Jordan um, Barnett. Um, yep. but look, Michael Porter Jr., um, I got to see him at the SEC tournament. How'd he look? Um, not good. Um, he just looked the off. Eye test. He looked like yeah, a guy who hadn't expect. played. He looked yeah. like a guy who hadn't played since November tenth. And would be, yep. that everyone's going to be a little rusty. Mm-hmm. Shot five of seventeen. His shots were coming up short. He was a little tentative. He seemed to get gassed a little bit early. But I would much rather get that first game out of the way yes. in the SEC tournament good point. than in the NCAA tournament. Mm-hmm. He's, I think, the most natural scorer in all of college basketball. Um, I love his game, and he is the type of guy that could go off for 30 points being, two games in a row and take him to the Sweet 16. Being married to a Wolverine, I'd be remiss not to talk about Michigan uh, during this uh, region. So um, Michigan, what I will find interesting is the fact that the Big Ten played like last year. Yeah. Uh, and Don't the even fact remember that it. The, yeah, Michigan has waited for like three months to uh, play again. Are you a believer in momentum when it comes to March? Cause I'm not. Depends I, on the program. Sure. Okay. Um, it depends on the program. For example, uh, to jump back to Conference USA, I think Marshall, um, having to go from Dallas back to West Virginia out to San Diego mm-hmm. kind of kills momentum a sure. little bit. Um, I think if they had stayed a little closer to home, sing like, so if first time there, not really sure how to handle yourself. Yes. Uh, well, if you're Michigan, Mich- no. Michigan, if you're John Beeline, no. One of the hottest teams in the country, yes. right? They're, they've won nine in a row. It, with, with, by the way, an incredible defense, not something that we're used to thinking of Beeline's teams being just uh, so tight offensively. Mm-hmm. This team is just an incredible def- defensive team. Mm-hmm. And yet, they're, 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 they go on this streak in the Big Ten tournament. Now they gotta wait a week. Uh, I. So you're a believer in, in momentum, is what I'm gathering. I, I mean, I might be, cause they had all this momentum and now they just gotta wait. Well, they're gonna Look, have to prove us right or wrong. John Beeline's a hell of a coach, so mm-hmm. I tend to think that he will be able to work on the things this team needs to work on yep. in the inter- interregnum. Is that how you pronounce that word? Interim. In, in, no, interregnum. Really? That's a different, different word. I don't know how to pronounce it. Wow, but I can spell it. Much smarter than I. My mother, who uh, keeps texting me, is the, a, a uh, high school English teacher. I, that? Oh, <laughs> that'll do it. That'll do it. Um, all right, so we got the first round upset. Uh, you believe it to be South Dakota State over Ohio State. Uh, and then that second round upset, Missouri over Xavier, baby. Yeah, we got that. We got Xavier, that no, Xavier as a one seed. Mm-hmm. Sorry to cut you off. No, you're good. Uh, very interesting one seed because, look, they deserve a one seed 100%. They're also a really inconsistent team. Uh, they have almost lost. I know, like, a win's a win, mm-hmm. but I pay attention when a team almost loses to East Tennessee State, when a team almost Valid. loses to Marshall, when a team almost loses to DePaul. Valid. Of the one seeds, uh, I'm going to go into a little bit of advanced metrics. Virginia, yes. uh, one seed, they're number one in Ken Palm. Villanova, one seed, number two in Ken Palm. Kansas, a one seed, number nine in Ken Palm. Xavier is a one seed, number 14 in Ken Palm. So, I know you can pick your metric and you can form a narrative around that, mm-hmm. but I do think this Xavier team is the most vulnerable of all the one seeds. 
Interesting. I, I'm intrigued by that, and I will see them firsthand in Nashville. Another plug. Um, quickly, I want to ask you, Houston, San Diego State, an interesting draw. I think they'll be in Wichita, um, more so because of this Houston team. First time back in the tournament since 2010. Uh, Kelvin Sampson, one of the just over a dozen coaches now to take four different teams to That's an NCAA wild. tournament, That's which wild. is crazy. Uh, Washington State, Oklahoma, and Indiana. Um, would be the other three, but they, they've had a tough go of it the last couple. This felt like a long time coming for Houston. Yeah. They had a heartbreak of a championship game. The finish Ugh. on that play. That was brutal. That God, was absolutely although, brutal. Uh, man. And yeah. they, I mean, they gave the man a bun Cincinnati on Rob team Gray. that is one of, one of the best defensive teams in the country. That's an yeah. ugly man bun, by the way. I'm ugly. To I, I wish I was I in Wichita to ask him how he does it. I don't like his man I, bun. It's oh a Wichita good looking man bun. Man. But he's a hell of a player, right? Yes, he like is. he is. And I do get the sense that he's the type of guy. I think I think they're going to give Michigan in that second round a run for Michigan's money. Mm. I would take Michigan still. Okay, but I think that's a dangerous, uh, dangerous six seed. Got it. All right, predicted Final Four team coming out of this one. Even though you called Xavier the most vulnerable of the four seeds, I'm taking Unk UNC we, to me. We hadn't talked about him, so uh, that that was a, yeah, perfect. Yes, thank God. Tee it up. UNC looks really, really good. I, I have not been a believer in UNC the past two years, uh, which makes me dumb, <laughs> by the way. Like, <laughs> it's really dumb. Go, At least you said color. it. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> but, look, you got a senior point guard. That's so important in the NCAA tournament. Joel Berry is just, he's just, he plays with so much swagger. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, look, Luke May has been awesome. If Theo Pinson plays his best, this team can make a Final Four. If Theo Pinson turns in games like Theo Pinson can turn in, mm-hmm. like the one he played against Virginia the other night, uh, they can get knocked out early. Theo Pinson, to me, is one of the most interesting stories in college basketball. This is a guy who was a top 15 recruit, mm-hmm. and yet he's spent four years in college. That never happens. Uh, he's, to me... It's like Draymond Green light. Does a lot of things. Yeah. Uh, None of them at an amazing level, but all of them at a really good level. Yep. Great passer. Just uh, actually, he might do it. He might be an elite passer. Um, Mm. But just a sort of a team guy. Yes. A guy that you want on your team, even though he doesn't always, you know, fill up fill up the buckets. I do think Xavier, even though they, uh, if, if, the, if these two meet, uh, coming out of Los Angeles in the West, um, I do think, unfortunately for Xavier, I agree with you, North Carolina would be the one to find themselves in the final four, but I don't think Chris Mack and those guys are going to go down without a fight. They, sure. they've had, they're, they're an emotional team. They uh, are. JP Mikura, sorry, I apologize. He is a Minnesota product. That's right. JP Mikura. That's so right. let's give that some, let's, so I, that's got to be your team. You guys, you guys got to connect in Nashville. And right? he's a, yeah, exactly. Oh, we, we've, I've already taken care of that. He's kind of a heel. You know? Yeah. I, I, I'm hoping yes. that we get some heel turns from yes, him exactly. during the tournament. That would be nice. All right, perfect. Taking care of the West, let's move to the upper right, uh, over to the East on our special edition of the Ion College Basketball Podcast presented by Old Navy. We're in Las Vegas. I'm Jamie Erdahl. He's Reed Forgrave. All of the uh, need-to-knows to the East in Boston. Going to be a great couple days at TD Garden eventually. But first, um, we take a look at this one. Villanova, the number one seed here. And um, they'll be in Pittsburgh. And then, of course, San Diego, Dallas, Detroit. Uh, you got Villanova, Purdue, uh, Texas Tech and Wichita State as your top four seeds. Uh, potential first round upset. Talk to me. I got nothing to be wow. honest. Wow. So I, this I, is status I, quo. This is a. I'm taking straight chalk in mm-hmm. this one. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe Butler can win a seven ten game against Arkansas. Yeah. Uh, that that to I feel me doesn't. Yeah. I don't even call a seven ten game an upset, right? But uh, if you look at the rest of these. I think I think Wichita is going to kill Marshall. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Sorry, Marshall. Marshall. I, you know what? Um, I I will give Marshall some love here. John Elmore, a tremendous yeah. shooter. Oh yeah. my God, lights out. Dan D'Antoni, of course, coaches. Uh, it was awesome. Mike was at the game Saturday because cool. Houston was in Toronto. Then they played Dallas the next night, That's so cool. he just ended up in Frisco. It was awesome. And and uh, John Elmore had seven points in the first half, twenty in the second half, and all of which were right in front of Mike D'Antoni. <laughs> like just, I feel like every shot he hit from by the way like 40 feet from the basket he pretty much turned around and looked at him and was like and that would be why i should be in the nba someone's Let's gonna be an undrafted free agent yes exactly Rockets. so uh marshall i'm excited for them to get on that national stage well, if, i want people to have eyes on john elmore and that's that's what i got if there's one upset that you would pick in this bracket the one that I, the one that i would pick would be whichever one of those playing games saint bonaventure or one of those playing teams saint bonaventure over UCLA. florida uh yeah i think florida is okay. really inconsistent i yeah. think florida 
I when think, they're on, they could make the, if they if yes. they play four great games that are where they're shooting the lights out like we've seen from them at times this year, they can make the final four. I don't think they will because they generally don't put together that many games. I hear you on the Florida argument. However, if it was any if it was any other eleven seed that. Let's just say the 11 scene didn't have to play the play-in game. Yeah. I would take it. Sure. But the problem is you're coming off of Dayton. Yeah. I think that that essentially you're you're helping Florida in that respect. If you had shifted that number around and they were a 5 or a 7, all of a sudden they're they're playing straight up against a team that hasn't played two days ago, then that would be a problem for Florida. Unless it's get that point. Unless they're just, you know, on adrenaline and just going with momentum. It's March, so who yeah. knows. But, I mean, St. Bonaventure, like, Jalen Adams is just awesome. He's yes. one of the most fun players in college basketball to watch. Mm-hmm. and. Ditto for Aaron Holiday. Like that guy, he has played himself into uh, becoming a first round pick. And I don't think UCLA is going to make a run. I, I think this team is, is is just pretty mediocre this year. But if Aaron Holiday does what Aaron Holiday can do and string together some some big time outings, it is entirely possible. That they could make a run. So I, that would be one that I would circle mm-hmm. as a possible first-round upset. A couple storylines to keep an eye on uh, would be Texas Tech having a, having a strong year. Chris Beard, of course, taking over that program, coming out of Little Rock, Arkansas, a team that did well two years ago in Denver. You can all tell the sites that I have been to in the end. Yeah, there you Wait, go. Uh, <laughs> uh, but I'm looking – I'm happy for Texas Tech. The you got to be sure Ke- Keenan Evans got to be healthy. Like, okay. Like that – I think he's got a, a toe, right? A sprained toe, I believe. I and that. As much as, I've had a sprained toe before, and it sounds like such a wussy injury. But it's especially no, it's as a worst. basketball it's player. It's the worst. It's oh, it, you, it really makes you realize how much you rely on your toes, yeah. which is such a dumb sentence. I never but think of my toes. No, exactly. Until, yeah, exactly. Until you but I will say, if Texas Tech gets out of there, what you're saying is if UCLA, St. Bonnie beat Florida, I think I think Texas Tech could stumble into the fact that they're all of a sudden in Boston. Oh, what do you think? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, absolutely, absolutely, and uh, I mean, I think I would just look. I mean, just if you look at how that Boston anyway, yeah. right? But uh, yeah, Texas Tech to me, just a really well coached team, right? Yeah. Like Chris Beard, remarkable story, mm-hmm. uh, how he's shot up so quickly uh, in the ranks. It, uh, I did, think he's a top twenty coach in college basketball. We right already now. mentioned Ron Hunter with the torn Achilles for Georgia State a couple years ago. Not to forget, Chris Beard broke his hand right. punching a clipboard um, on his uh, way in the, in, in the sun. In the Sun Belt, I, I did. I actually did it as an example to make sure the audience knew just how we got how, how did you he break had your that hands? cast. No, but it made me realize like how hard did he hit this thing? <laughs> this is unbelievable. So it's straight out of karate class, man. Exactly. Uh, so and and the Red Raiders, of course, close to Dallas. That'll be uh, that'll be good. So uh, we we're. S- I was saying, we, we spoke about Virginia as the, in, in my opinion at least, mm-hmm. the toughest road to the Final Four for a one seed. Are you? T- are you? Be- I think Villanova has the easiest road. Okay. As as a Opposite one. Is that under the spectrum? I mean, look, you might have to play a Wichita State team that is really, really good. You might have to play a West Virginia team that can really mess with you. Mm-hmm. But I think I think Jalen Brunson, like, if you're gonna have anyone that can can break that press, yep. Jalen Brunson's the guy. And then. Look, Purdue's really good, but Purdue's lost to some lesser teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, Purdue, there are ways that you can beat Purdue. Uh, when Purdue shoots a lot of threes, they generally can beat anyone. Mm-hmm. But if you make them give it to Isaac Haas and then just like absolutely murder Isaac Haas down low, we've seen other lesser teams beat them. So I, I do think that Nova has the easiest path mm-hmm. to the final four of the one seeds. Um, but it's not that he, like as I'm talking about it, that Sweet 16 game against either West Virginia or Wichita State potentially is a tough Sweet 16 game. I I hear you, and I am agreeing with you in the sense that you are a believer in momentum. I am a believer in uh, when you look at how this plays out for Villanova, essentially, I agree that Wichita State or West Virginia would be a tough game if they didn't have to beat each other up first to get there. Sure. I am a, and, yeah, and, I, and I understand point. that, in, you know, It'll they have days. days. Yeah, well... No, it'll be. Oh no, it'll be the next week. I'm right. It'll Take be the it next back. week um, in Boston. But regardless, they they. I think that to me that is one of the most effective storylines uh, for an NCAA tournament uh, in terms of an argument for sure. P- two teams could be on a crash course towards each other. Each other, but mm-hmm. essentially, which one is going to get taken down, dragged down into the mud by someone on the way there? Because I think that really can have effects um, on a team, especially to go all the way back. How did they get through the comp? So in that in that case, I know not to jump back to Michigan, but that could play into Michigan's favor. The fact that they've had all this rest before, yeah. whereas other teams just finished Absolutely. playing today or yesterday. Um, in this one other team, I'd like to highlight in this bracket, mm-hmm. uh, Alabama. I was yes. at that SEC tournament. They were they were playing some inspired basketball. 
Um, Colin Sexton, it, to me, is one of the most fun players to watch in this entire sport. Mm-hmm. He is going to be a top, I think, seven, eight pick, almost certainly. Wow. He The end-to-end run that he made to make it uh, – I mean that that one basket where he's doing like the George Gervin yes. finger roll from the foul line was that's what got them into the tournament. Mm-hmm. If he hadn't done that, that was the like the ultimate hero ball move. You know, you got a pretty good coach at Avery Johnson just saying, "Hey, yo, Colin, do something, <laughs> Get, run and score." Do and he did it. Be Colin. He's so when this guy's on, when he's making shots, he's awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't see them beating Villanova because Bama is just such a young team mm-hmm. and they, they can sometimes play very young and Nova's the opposite. They're just a team that plays like all cohesive. Like they are all having mind meld with Che Wright. But, but if Colin Sexton, like that's a dude who can go off uh, as we saw in the SEC tournament, which makes that, Maybe I'm, like, talking myself out of this whole, like, Nova has the easiest road to the Final Four. <laughs> I don't think. I mean, easy is a relative term, of course, when it comes to this situation for any one seed. But to review, uh, we've had Virginia going to the Final Four out of the South. We have North Carolina. And by we, I mean Reed, because I don't really like to. I'm not ready. You, not ready. I showed I, I up. I filled up my bracket. I showed up, yes. And I was actually kind of alarmed for you. We, I show up at this podcast, and, and Reed's like, I got my bracket. It's this chicken scratch all over this plate piece of paper. And I'm like... Dude, Where, where's dude, your bracket, Jamie? Dude, this show just ended. Like, take, let's take it down a notch. No, it was fantastic. <laughs> but he has uh, Virginia. He has North Carolina coming out of the West. And now do you have Villanova coming Villanova. out of the I mean, look, yeah. I know it's silly to just go in with so much chalk. But uh, Villanova was my pick going into the season. Mm-hmm. Jalen Brunson was my pick for National Player of the Year going into the season. I think he probably won that, uh, would be my guess, in 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 most uh, people's minds. I think that he has overtaken Trey Young. And this team, they're just so complete. you got... Five dudes on the floor at all times who can make shots. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got a guy in Mikhail Bridges who's like the closest to the college basketball has to Paul George. Uh, I think I think Villanova's awesome. And uh, as you see, I have Villanova. Well, I, I won't spoil who yes. my national well, champion is. But uh, <laughs> Speaking of chalk, <laughs> if we had to do a dark horse team out of this, would you just do it? I, I, it's not. You don't say. I don't I don't buy Purdue from you. Are you not selling Purdue? On the... I, I've liked Purdue all year. I don't think they're going to make it past Villanova. Uh, but if you had to. But if, if I, if, you know, if, if I had trips. to, I might pick Wichita, to okay. be completely honest. Uh, Love it. To go that a little the bit definition off of a dark horse. Greg Marshall, he's one of my favorite coaches Great in this sport. Yes. Uh, I... I, I spent a lot of time around that team. The year they made the Final Four, I spent like two or three days in Wichita in January doing a big, long feature on this program. You know, by, you as, know, as you luck said. had it, they made the Final Four this year, that year. But th- this is a, a very different team for a Greg Marshall team. Uh, tons of experience, but they're, they're – usually you think of Greg Marshall teams as like they get after it defensively. This is not a particularly good defensive team. Mm-hmm. But they – when it comes to – Making shots, they can make shots like nobody's business. So, just a very efficient offensive team. So, definitely, I still think I, I'm taking Van- chalk Nova so far for Reed, except for North Carolina. Uh, all right, moving on. Last but not least, on this special edition of the Ion College Basketball Podcast, we have the Midwest in Omaha, um, Kansas. Your one seed, Duke. And a little Michigan State action, followed by Auburn, all the way down to Penn being your representative 16 seed in the Midwest. Um, right off the bat, potential first round upset. This is my upset region. I have Ooh. tons of them. We go uh, from chalk to upset region. I, I have region. A, a great second round upset that I'll reveal shortly. But uh, first Ooh. round, if you, New Mexico State, uh, 12 seed playing against Clemson. Got New it. Mexico State. We're just talking about Greg Marshall and his mm-hmm. great defensive uh, coaching. The coach, the new coach, the first-year coach at New Mexico State, Chris Jans, is a Greg Marshall disciple, uh, coached at Wichita State for years. And he's turned this team. He took over uh, just before the season, or I guess just after last season, and he took this group and turned them into an elite defensive team. They're like top 15 in the nation in defensive efficiency. Um, and they're playing a Clemson team that lost Dante Grantham. It's a very important part of the puzzle for Clemson. Clemson, like, kudos to Brad Brunel, one of the good guys in this business, deserves d- deserves to make the second round that I'm not going to let him make in my bracket. Oh. But uh, I'm going to have New Mexico State playing, not Auburn, the four seed, but playing College of Charleston. Um, so that's my, my wacky. Got a, got a 12 seed playing a 13 seed like down there. Um, I don't think Auburn, Auburn likes it. I don't think, I don't think Charles Auburn Barkley likes it. likes it. He doesn't like it, no. But, uh, look, losing Anthony McLemore. Yep. Uh, one of the best shot blockers, if not the best shot blocker in college basketball. 
I think is going to be huge for Auburn. Mm-hmm. Uh, they got crushed in the second half in the SEC tournament by Alabama. Just absolutely destroyed. One of, it, like, it felt like one of those losses that just rips your soul from you. I'm, I'm never prone to overstatement. Their souls were ripped out of their body. So I think, I, look, I think there are a lot of upset possibilities. Um, yes. Do you want me to tell you it's my, not, my second round upset? Well, let me, let just me just say. Uh, for the horse. Yeah. <laughs> Let me, uh, the, the, it's not really upset because it's an eight, nine, but, um, and I really like Kevin Willard and I like Seton Hall and I yeah. like those guys, but I just don't, I think they just have a hard time in the NCAA tournament. They, I mean, don't discount the experience. The fact they have these four seniors who've been there together and this is their last, uh, last shot together. But True. And I mean, look at my bracket. I got, I got NC state. Yeah. Uh, I think NC State is what Kevin Keats has done down there is incredible. Mm-hmm. Like I've, I've never seen such a big culture change happen in a program in one season. I yep. was there for a preseason game, and you could see it just immediately. It was like, oh my god, mm-hmm. these guys are buying into this dude in a way they never bought into Mark Gottfried. Uh, they have some talent on that team, and they just they play hard and they play fast and they play fun. And that's why I have them beating Kansas in the second round. TCU handle whoever's coming out of Dayton. All right. Yeah, I think so. Okay. I like it. Um, all right, storyline. Wait, I'm sorry. I cut you off so rudely. Your second round upset, please. NC State. NC State. Over one seed Kansas. Um, what? It'll depend. Like, what? If, if Kansas makes threes, right? If, if they can win the national championship. I don't believe in this Kansas team. I'm sorry, but that is just a funny sentence, like in a vacuum. Yeah. If Kansas if makes threes, make three national championship. <laughs> but I'm going to lose in the second round. If Jalen Brunson is breathing, Villanova, no. <laughs> that's, totally, that's exactly how I feel about Jalen Brunson and Villanova, by the way. I, I'm like the biggest Jalen Brunson fan that there is. I think he's a first-round pick, by the way. All right. Um, yeah, I think, look, this NC State team, they had some really good wins this season. I think Keats is a great coach. Uh, not taking anything away from Bill Self, I think what he's done past 14 years, obviously incredible. You could point out that I'm a Missouri fan, and that's why I'm <laughs> picking NC State to beat Kansas in that second I round. I wasn't going to say it. Uh, you know, got to be, gotta be uh, f- full disclosure, right? But, uh, look, I just think this Kansas team's limited. They are so dependent on their guard play, and they have great guard play. Like, Devontae Grant deserves to be in the National Player of the Year conversation. Um, Malik Newman, he's got to be in the conversation for most, most improved player. This is a guy who was just... A disaster as a freshman back at Mississippi State. Uh, a guy who was a McDonald's All-American, five-star recruit, and just w- was not a good basketball player. And he's become a good basketball player. But I just don't think that this Kansas team can handle, frankly, Omir Yurtseven, I think, is going to give them all sorts of fits. Um, so, yeah, I think uh, the lack of post play, the lack of Billy Preston, um, and we'll see if Udoka Azubuke is going to be healthy um if he is healthy it obviously changes the equation but uh yeah they make threes though if they do watch out deep so (laughs) that means if uh, you have nc state coming out on top of kansas duke comfortably moves into your final four pick duke is duke is my final four pick like even if let's just say kansas if it becomes duke kansas Still Duke? Yeah, because okay. Duke, when you look at their... They're still limited Duke's, by the time they Duke's get to post, the Elite Eight. post play is incredible. They're the best offensive rebounding team in college basketball. Marvin Bagley is just an absolute freak. I agree with Gary Parrish that he should be the number one overall pick over even DeAndre Ayton, who is incredible, and Luka Don- Doncic, who's also incredible. Um, and then Wendell Carter, like, he's a near seven-footer who can do it all. Duke can make threes, and he can put the ball on the floor. I, I Look, this Duke team is very inconsistent. I will be the first to admit that they don't often string together 40 great minutes, but at their best, when they're playing at their best, I believe Duke is the best team in college basketball. And I don't think it's particularly close. The only question is, is can they play at their best for 40 minutes? Uh, the point guard play is a problem. Trevon Duvall, who, when he looks good, they can go out and beat North Carolina like they did their last game of the regular season, have that awesome comeback. When he's not playing well, they can stumble like they did uh, in the ACC tournament. He had a terrible game in the ACC tournament. So I think Duke's success will depend on is Trevon Duvall able to facilitate without turning the ball over mm-hmm. five or six times. All right, so we have our final four team set. Reed has his final four team set. Uh, for now, he's got a UNC, or I'll start upper left, UVA, UNC, Nova, and Duke. Before we get into final four predictions, I want to quickly touch on um, – 
just the reason why we're here, and that's college basketball. And the state in which college basketball is right now, this is a fantastic event. March Madness is wonderful, but there are also some bad things happening in terms of the headlines. So let's just quick touch on that um, because never want to ignore the elephant in the room. Uh, Some teams are not in the bracket that just happened to also be listed in this FBI report. Do you think there's a connection between those teams and the reason why they're not in the tournament? Are you a conspiracy theorist? I'm just putting the question out there. It is interesting. I mean, look, if I was the committee and I was deciding between, hey, do we want to have UCLA or St. Bonaventure or Syracuse, what? Yes. Syracuse in the first four in Dayton, or do we want to pick USC, a team Especially that's Especially when with it's the, the first four. Eyes, I mean, that's all eyeballs sure. then. Yeah, and I think, or or do you want to have Louisville? I, I think, I don't. I, I actually do not think that, that the committee took this into consideration. But if you are literally like, can't slide a piece of paper between two teams, and you're deciding between the 68th team and the 69th team, I think it would make perfect sense if you're like, well, you can make a case for either. This is going to be in the back of my mind. Because I, one, one is the the fact, the first four in general, that those are the only games going on. Mm-hmm. The other point is, like, these teams could, those teams could make a run. Yep. USC could make a run. Louisville could make a run. And I don't think the NCAA would want the headlines to be after, you know, in that, in they that already, big They already vacated of time. wins this year from a massive, from a major program. They would potentially have to do it again and, and pretty much do it knowing that was going to happen. This is the NCAA's marquee event, having headlines. Like, the, the, between that first weekend and the second weekend, that's when you get all these, like, hey, here's the Cinderella story, and we're going to go back and tell the story. Mm-hmm. You, you think that's having Louisville in there at, mm-hmm. in that uh, second weekend? Yep. The, that the NCAA is going to love having the stories told there. No. no, it's a valid, it's a valid point. Um, of course, you you hate that every other player besides the twenty five, I think, that were named in the report are being punished potentially because of that. That's unfortunate by the decision made by a handful of coaches and programs. That is tough. Um, I think we're going to see a lot of changes to college basketball. I think. Um, we're going to get through this NCAA tournament. I have a bad feeling that something else is going to come out during the NCAA Ugh, tournament. I hate to say it. That's the NCAA's worst nightmare. I just have a bad feeling. Absolute I just, worst nightmare. I just don't know when this is done being unearthed, I yeah. guess, is the problem. It's also interesting because there's, there's so much, not to get too far into yes. this, but like, there's skim. so much difference in, like, all, all of, when you talk about those 25 players in yeah. the Yahoo report, I, I think people tend to like glaze over and just like lump them all together. But there's a huge difference between Dennis Smith taking Dennis Smith Jr. taking you know, allegedly what is forty three thousand dollars and then like seventy thousand dollars in loans from an agent, and then Wendell parents Wendell Carter's parents going to a meal with an agent. Right. Uh, I, I do not think those should be. And that's the, nit- the, nit- the nitty gritty that the NCAA is going to have to iron out. The schools are going to have to iron out. That is for a different well, like podcast. For public, for public perception wise? Yes. You, you look at that and it's a headline right. and you're like, right. oh, Duke's wrapped up in this. Kentucky's wrapped up in this. Well, yep. not quite. They're not wrapped up in the same way that some other schools are. So. We got that out of the way. Boop. (laughs) Special edition Eye on College Basketball. Uh, We are here in Las Vegas presented by Old Navy. It's a beautiful evening for uh, Selection Sunday. Uh, Reed is going to just be on his computer all throughout the tournament and just helping out CBSSports.com. I'm going to be in Nashville. and um, But this is all going to culminate in San Antonio for the Final Four. So let's rock through your Final Four predictions. Um, Virginia, North Carolina, Nova, and Duke. Talk to me. I think that the committee did a great job with this bracket overall. And if if we can get that as a Final Four, I think that those are not the four best teams in the country. Um, I think Michigan State would deserve to be in that. Uh, but it's pretty close to the four best teams in the country. And that's what you want in a bracket is mm-hmm. you want your Final Four to be the four best teams out there. Obviously, it's a single elimination tournament. The best teams don't always get there, but I think that's what we want. Um, to me, Villanova's Villanova and Virginia are the two consistently great teams in college basketball this year. Virginia's been so consistent. Villanova, I know you can talk to me about that St. John's loss, but overall, Villanova's just been awesome from, you know, from November 10th to today. Duke is not consistent. North Carolina is not consistent. Um, and yet, when I look at those two teams, uh, Carolina at its best is really, really good. And Duke at its best is the best team in college basketball, period. They just don't play their best for 40 minutes too often. Um, but it's March, and Coach K's 
getting to these guys. And these guys are, I think Duke is an incredible program. And uh, I, when I look at this team, I see that it's possible they could have five first round picks that are all starting. So I know. Dancing around the subject, Reed. Give me your final two. Villanova over Virginia. <laughs> to you, win it you all. were like, you were like, like oh, this, a little bit of that, a little bit of love here, sprinkle some over <laughs> I love here. Let me talk about New Mexico yeah. State again. Yeah, I think Villanova's going to win it all. It's the team that I picked over Virginia. going into the tournament. It's the team that I'm going to stick, I'm sorry, going into the college basketball season. Season. It's the team that I'm going to stick with going into the NCAA tournament. Uh, yeah, I, I, I love the construction of this team. It feels like the perfect Jay Wright team. Ditto. <laughs> you, yeah, is that, is that your team? Yeah, if sure. you had to pick it right now, why not? If I had to pick it right now, I mean, hedge your bets. It's a good pick. I, I, I like how you put your bracket together. Um, of course, this is Reed Forgrave's opinion and an expert one at that. But uh, you can go on to CBSports.com and see a lot of different people's opinions and how this was constructed and, and how people arrive places. But all in all, I think San Antonio is going to have, if it plays out that way with Virginia, North Carolina, Duke, and Villanova, the NCAA would be happy. I think basketball fans would be happy. Uh, if you look at the product from those four teams, just great basketball. If you're a basketball purist, yeah. you're seeing a lot of, you're seeing a different style with Virginia than you are with North Carolina, which is kind of with the Duke, with the Nova, all Absolutely. four of them. So I think, uh, as a basketball fan, you, uh, can't go wrong if this would be your final four. Of course, in other years, I will say this. I have felt strongly that in other years, maybe not to the Final Four, but we would have more of a Cinderella-y feel to a team. I just don't see that happening. As you mentioned in your uh, Boston region, your East region, uh, chalk. It was very chalk-like. I I think I see that happening more this year than it yeah. has in years past. Although it is interesting because th- this has been a season where all of the best teams in the sport, except for Virginia, has, have had these just totally confounding losses, right? Like, Carolina losing to Wofford, Duke losing to St. John's, Villanova losing to St. John's. Everyone yeah, but losing that, to St. But that, John's. That St. John's team, I think Shamori Ponce is a oh, dude, fantastic a player. And that, that those are so back-to-back talented. losses. I mean, for those two teams, back-to-back wins for St. John's. So I think that's not as confounding as the Wofford loss. I mean, for... the, the NCAA tournament will always bring stuff that you can yes. never – that's, yes. that's why we love it. And that's, exactly. why, that's why I can't wait for uh, – I mean – and with Sorry, that, first four. I can't wait till Thursday. Exactly. And with that, uh, we bring to a close with Reed Forgrave picking Villanova as the national champion. Uh, Jay Wright does have a great team this year, but the excitement and the madness and the tears and the laughter are all just beginning uh, on this Selection Sunday. This was a special edition of the Ion College Basketball Podcast. Reed Forgrave did the heavy lifting. I'm Jamie Erdahl. I provide the jokes, or I try to at least. And uh, you will see us all throughout NCAA tournament coverage, both on CBSSports.com and CBS and uh, Turner during the NCAA tournament. So, Old Navy, it's thanks getting, for bringing us thank out. You, Old Navy. And it's getting a little chilly out it's here It's getting a little chilly desert. in Las Vegas. I think, I think we should go to a sports book I, and what, uh, take New Mexico State, right? Isn't yeah. That, isn't that that And then apparently, thing? and then NC State. Yeah. And, and, and NC State all the way to the I love it. Let's go find a sports book. <laughs>